Welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 231. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Mac. Good evening. And the dumbass himself. I'm here to throw my barrel at justice to crush my opponents. That sounds violent. Have you been playing too many video games? It's just how I roll, man. It's just how you roll. (laughs) How's everybody doing? I'm doing all right. I got uh, new brakes on my new brakes on my car on Friday. Um, I was supposed to get LASIK done on the car, but uh, he didn't have time to do it, so I'll have to do that in a couple weeks. Um, LASIK on a car. Yeah, you know when you get foggy headlights, you're gonna replace the headlight caps because they've yellowed. Nope. You just do LASIK on it. Just do LASIK. Actually, what he'll do is he'll he will sand down the outer surface and polish the headlight. Okay. But I'm calling it LASIK. It's more of a cornea surgery. Yeah, could be. <laughs> but they do cornea they do cornea surgery with laser too. So that's true. They do. It's all huh? LASIK. Yeah. And uh, dumbass, any LASIK? No, no LASIK. Oh, okay. You're still wearing your glasses. Yes. Yeah. So you're still masturbating. Is what we're getting. <laughs> uh, quite often, yes. I, I'm, I'm masturbating right now. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Ian is going to be at Mile High Con. Mile High Con is a conference that happens in Colorado, and they call it Mile High, so they must be getting stoned. Well, you know, it's I, I taking place so. It's taking place on October 18th, 19th, and 20th, and October 20th is just April 20th in a different month. How could it be anything but? Yep. All right. I assume uh, Ian's a, a huge stoner, right? He's got the hair for it. Yeah, he has got pretty long <laughs> hair. I mean, if, if we're going based just on appearances, if, if we're, if we're going to be those kinds of dicks, yeah. He's his donor. <laughs> yeah, somewhere somewhere at a restaurant tonight, Ian is shaking his head and going, and he doesn't even know why. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, he's all of a sudden frustrated. Doesn't know. <laughs> well, I guess if there's nothing else, it's, it's time to move on. What time is it, dumbass? <laughs> it is time for mine and Ian's masturbation moment. Brought to you by Cry by The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment. Brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Could you do that again in a sexy voice, though? Everything I do is in a sexy voice. I was going to say, what? Everything. Are you hearing the same thing I'm hearing? (laughs) Uh, So Ian Ian dropped this turd on us and then didn't show up, right? So let's let's see if we can cover this. This is pretty sensationalized. Under the category of, well, duh. (laughs) Driverless cars will lead to more sex in cars, study finds. And that's probably like the least important thing that this study found. (laughs) Um, but it is, of course, so, the one that wait, they wait, went, wait, right? wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay, so first of all, I don't think there's any shortage of sex in cars. Um, sex in moving cars is probably a different thing. So <laughs> that's probably what they're talking about here. But, you know, sex in moving vehicles, we've, we've got the Mile High Club for airplanes. I'm guessing there's some sort of a Mile Deep Club for submarines. But um, so what would it be in, in driverless cars? Mile Long Club? I don't know. Isn't it? Is there a Steve Martin Martin movie? Oh, Parents. Remember the scene in Parents where she bends out and gives uh, gives Steve Martin a blowjob and he crashes the car? I didn't Mm -hmm. ever see that movie, but um, 
I do. I think I did hear about that. I think I'm right about that. I could be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I know. I've at least seen the scene. Then there was an old, uh, there was an old weekend update with Chevy Chase back in the early days of Saturday Night Live, where he, you know he's supposed to be doing the news, but instead he's having a conversation with somebody on the phone, and it's one of those things where you don't really understand what what he's saying until you get old enough to understand it. But he's saying, you know, that that truck that pulled by us when we were on the highway. I swear they could hear, see your head. No, honey, it did not look like you were napping. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm scrolling through this article here. I don't, uh, it says study finds. I don't see any study here that is showing this. this Okay. So I did track down the study (laughs) and it's the, so it's it's the next, the, the, uh, next thing I put in there is actually to the study, um, now, th- th- interestingly enough, this did say that 60% of, they just say, what did it say, adults, Americans, 60% of Americans have had sex in the car, according to report. Right. And I guess, it, I mean, once again, you, it depends on how you define sex, I imagine. I mean, I'm, I'm, I bet they're talking about hand jobs and shit like that as much as anything else. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I think it all, counts as, it all counts as sex. Yeah. So this was a pretty shit article in that it didn't actually uh tell you where it got the information but then and then it says this uh originally reported in the new york post so you go to the new york post and the new york post does tell you where this study is from um and so it was published in the journal of annals of tourism research and so when you uh so i actually have a link to download download i like the the title of the new york post one self-driving vehicles will turn cars into brothel on wheels colon study there is a yeah. note down here about it's not impossible or far-fetched to imagine the red light district on the move. Uh, it he's basically says that autonomous vehicles will put prostitution on wheels. And I'm like, so basically, I, I, are you saying that the that the guy in the driverless car is going to pick up a hooker or that the, the hooker is going to be, you know, pull up in a driverless car and say, step into my office? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. And they're also saying that um, you can see mobile uh, restaurants and stuff like that. I mean, th- there is all sorts of stuff that could happen for sure. Yeah. I mean, and let's not, uh, we're, we're, if we're talking about an increase in sex in cars, let's not discount that if people can drive to work uh, without uh, touching the steering wheel or anything, people are going to be j- using that time to jerk off a lot of the time. Sure. Yeah, or put on makeup or text or whatever. You know, it's <laughs> it's not really that new though. I mean, I mean, um, I've got cruise control in my car, so you know, I just turn that on and kick back and uh, you know, close my eyes and take a little nap. Your car doesn't have <laughs> adaptive cruise control though, right? No, just cruise control. So if somebody stops in front of you, you'll crash into them. No, it's cruise control. If the cruise control is on, if somebody <laughs> hits the brakes in front of you, you're gonna smack into the back of them, right? Brian, have you seen Anchorman 2? No, I guess I haven't. Oh, I, okay. no. <laughs> okay. So he's, he's, they're driving cross country in a, in a motorhome, and he's back in the back messing around with his fellow newscasters and his friends. And they're like, well, you know, aren't you supposed to be driving? Oh, no, I've got the cruise control on. And there's every, uh, you know, if, if there were more dangerous things to be in the back of the car, like a scorpion, in a in a terrarium, um, a bowling ball, 
let's just say it's an epic crash. Okay. When the crash happens, it's an epic crash. <laughs> Tune in next time for another installment of Mac Explains Popular Comedy Scenarios <laughs> and Movies. Oh, yes, I do. They're always better when you have to explain them. Um, yep. So, so the this is the actual name of the study is automotive vehicles and future of urban uh, urban tourism. And what they're actually so the conclusion from this is see uh, see connected and automotive um, automotive vehicles that was sort of calling caves C A V S S um, have the potential to to disturb the uh, all industries tied to transportation, including tourism. The, uh, now, um, you're looking at this. It's, uh, both these articles have said that it's a study. Is it actually a study or is it just some sort of uh, essay, think piece or something? It's actually, a, it's actually a piece of research. I'm actually reading from the research right now. I'm not reading from the article. So the next one down is actually the, so it's the automotive vehicles and future transportation tourism. I don't, I, and, I mean, it's claiming, I, 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 to me, it looks like it's claiming to be a study. Now, what is it actually? I don't know. Well, I mean, what he's saying in here is that he's saying, I, I guess he's basically extrapolating from what we've seen in the very short life of connected autonomous vehicles and extrapolating what is likely to happen as they become more widespread. See, but here's the key. The conceptual paper breaks down new ground by providing an in-depth Im uh, images of imagine imaginative approach to the potential future far-reaching yeah. implications of caves now i guess um, urban tourism there is an there's a video out on there's a video out on youtube that went viral of two people fast asleep inside a tesla right. and you know basically uh crashed out inside a self-driving tesla and Tesla's response was that if it is one of their testing vehicles, which is likely, then there are actually four people in the car and nobody's ever asleep. There's always somebody to take control of the car if need be. Yeah, I don't but know. I, I've heard about that. You, I haven't looked. What, what, what you can see in the video is the, the driver and the person in the passenger seat are, are very clearly asleep and they're videoed for, you know, I guess at least a couple of minutes and uh, nobody ever tried to wake them up. So, well, so but, but what this research is, is it looks me to, uh, I, I don't know, maybe this is not giving it, uh, giving it short shrift, but it's more like these two researchers pontification on what could potentially happen. From um, what I'm seeing here, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. We me. provide, con uh, provide conclusions uh, arranged that set the found foundations for new research i mean i, I they might not Providing be wrong in-depth imaginings yeah. approach to the potential future far-reaching implications yeah that's um, a that's a lot of words to say game. we we yeah. imagined it <laughs> we we thought it up um, you know i could also say that the uh the video i found that basically shows a self-driving car having sex with the uh having sex with the car's driver or owner so is, is, that a more, is a more accurate portrayal of what's going to happen. So, you know, when they're talking about sex in cars, they're talking about sex with the cars. Well, okay. Yes, I did actually find that video. Mm -hmm. So was this a, pr uh, a probe? Well, there was a probe involved. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the research to me, I, I, I don't actually know what to make of it, having not read it. I really feel like the articles 
uh, focused on a few key, th- a few things that they said that that don't really reflect everything that they're that uh, that um, of what their agenda is. Um, but you know, they're talking about how it can even affect hotels, you know, um, on the roadside and stuff like that. So, well, th- if somebody's self-driving, somebody's on a self-driving vehicle, they don't necessarily need to stop. Right, and why would you? Right, you yeah. just keep going till you get to your destination, and you know, sleep on the way. So yeah, the implications. I guess, uh, here, I guess they probably want to uh, highlight more their um, the the stuff they can sell you on the side of the road rather than a place to sleep. I mean, people will still probably want a place to lay down and rest rather than just sleep in their car. Maybe. I mean, it depends on the, it depends on the drive. I mean, I if it is going to be an eight hour drive. I, I, I mean, I can, I can see that more people are probably going to decide to sleep in their cars. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I I think that uh, the research is far, probably far more interesting than what actually these uh, the short shrift that was given to them by the uh, um, by the articles. But it, but it's still not actual data because nobody yeah, knows. There's, there's still not enough out there to actually do research on it. Well, I don't know. I I I, I haven't read it all, so I don't know. I. I think that they they you know they're just pointing out some potential um, things that could happen, and it, and I, I don't think they're saying it's good or bad. They're just saying that you know um, you know that yeah. It seems like these articles are putting like an extra spin on it to make it sound more salacious. Like the study had discovered something rather than the the study had it was like a paper designed to look at what might be the possible repercussion. I agree. And, well, I mean, they're they're essentially saying though the same thing that we're saying every time we do this this masturbation moment, which is that if you give human beings a place and an opportunity, they're going to find something to to have sex over, whether it's you know alone or in groups. Yeah, yeah. this is our seed of wisdom, which yeah. we spread out <laughs> upon to you, our listeners. Yep, <laughs> this is the seed of wisdom we ejaculate upon you. <laughs> so take that load for what it is. Yep. <laughs> and uh, next up, Brian's going to tell us about the computer's GUI. <laughs> First, you need to be scuzzy. Yep. Ah, all right. Um, Ian put this in here. Another Ian. Once again, another one. He he, you know, he drops a bomb and doesn't show up. What a. Um, I don't know how much we want to go into this one. Ending child marriage in the U.S. Yeah, you might be surprised. Um. And actually, I I would say that I I kind of was. I'm actually kind of surprised that the main objection to this is GOP lawmakers who uh, who are basically blocking a lot of these attempts to raise the uh, raise the uh, minimum marrying age to 18. Um, hey, if it was good enough for our biblical ancestors, it's good enough for us. Yep. Well, and you know, um, I'm sure that if it was an attempt to in, attempt to raise the minimum age of boys getting married, then they'd probably be all for it. Well, okay, so but uh, wait, why would they be for it? Well, if it's you know, it basically comes down to women or property in the GOP. So one of, one of their objections, and I'm not, I'm not sure that I totally disagree with their objections, but it says so they're talking about the. Uh, about the bill that was shut down in Idaho. It says, um, obviously, I'm against child marriage. Okay, I don't know who they're quoting, but we'll take their word for it for now. Uh, The GOP lawmaker told NBC News, but basically... Uh, I think they're talking about Representative Brian Zollinger, who they mentioned in the previous... Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, 
but basically marriage is a contract between people that shouldn't require shouldn't require government permission and so we get well okay if it's a contract between people then shouldn't the people involved in the contract be of legal age to make a contract yes which if would be a contract the law right? requires yeah. a meeting of the minds you can't have a child enter a contract just for that very reason that their minds aren't ready for making right, a contract the, the, and i don't know what federal law that is but isn't it isn't it the case that um, that uh, that basically, if you sign a contract, and you're not a, uh, 18 years of age. That it, it can be, you know, uh, null and void. I, I've heard that. I, like theoretically, uh, and like any purchase is a contract. And sure, uh, you could a theor- if a child buys something, you he could, could theor- theoretically say, "I don't want it anymore," and like and force it. you into a lawsuit. <laughs> I, but, I've heard uh, I've heard that stories kind of, of that never been tested, of course. Yeah, um, yeah, I've heard stories about that. Um, I know that I had some friends that uh, signed these twelve month contracts for some like fitness place, and they weren't of eighteen years of age. And I think that they got out of them because of that. They weren't; it wasn't mm. enforceable. Uh, so I don't know that, that that would be that that should be put on the list of things to actually look into. Eh? Um, but this idea that that. It's a contract between people that shouldn't be uh, shouldn't govern permission. I mean, this this is interesting because contracts are enforceable by the law. So yeah. shouldn't shouldn't there some be is shouldn't the law have something to say about it? Mm-hmm. it? Marriage is a contract between two people that shouldn't require government permission. Yeah, but the problem is that the problem with what you're saying, Brian, is that we're not supposed to look that far into this. <laughs> We're just supposed to hear what they say and take them at it. You know, the problem with, uh, like, I kind of agree with him that uh, uh, government shouldn't interfere with private contracts between people. But the thing is, the contract law already covers that. You can't form a contract if you're under the legal age. Uh, I mean, I don't think. Yeah, but of course, that doesn't preclude the uh, that that doesn't that doesn't preclude the uh, ability of parents to basically sell their children into into slavery in an an underage marriage. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I I. But that comes under sanctity of family. I mean, but here's the thing: that if if the government shouldn't be involved in any way, then I mean, is it not enforceable legally? Then also. Well, if the government shouldn't be involved in any way, why do why do we go to government buildings to get a license to get married? Yeah, I don't could, think we yeah. should have to do that. Yeah, I, well, I mean, is it uh, Bergefeld that that finally said that you know that you could have a same uh, same sex marriage? I mean, it, this is this is kind of, I mean, this is the exact same thing that we should that we should say when they say that they don't want people of the same sex to marriage. To marry. Well, this is a contract between two people, and you know you should just you know not be involved. Government shouldn't be involved. I mean, it's kind of funny that we can use that very same argument. Um, well, you know that I've said that before, and I've had arguments about that before. Yeah, I mean, I think that we run into an issue that this is the way that we do it, and and so people are modifying the current law, and so you have to. You, so we're arguing from where we are. Um, we we've talked about the idea that that. Um, just say, okay, the states are going to do civil unions and, and marriage can be left to churches. But are they really two different things? I mean, is it, is it about the word or is it, or is it about the, what, the, what the contract says? Actually, the, the, more I, the more I look into this article, 
the juicier it gets. It does get juicier. Yeah, go. What, what do you? Okay, well, so well, in New Hampshire, it took Cassandra mm-hmm. Levesque and other advocates several tries to to raise the minimum marriage age to 16. After Levesque learned that the state's minimum age of marriage was 14 for boys and 13 for girls, she made the issue a focus of a Girl Scout project, compiling research, contacting her state representatives, and reaching out to advocacy groups. In 2017, a bill was introduced in the state house to raise the marriage age to 16, the state's statutory age of consent. So basically, we've already got uh, kids two to three years younger than the age of consent able to get married. Right. Okay. So, but a legislative maneuver killed the bill indefinitely after state GOP rep David Bates and others raised concerns about whether teens could marry while one is deployed for military service. Bates lambasted Levesque and scolded his colleagues in a speech on the state house floor. We're asking the legislature to repeal a law that's been on the books for over a century that's been working without difficulty on the basis of a request from a minor doing a Girl Scout project. But that minor doing a Girl Scout project is old enough to get married. Well, now. Yeah. Yeah, that that is kind of funny the way that, wow, that that is... That is quite a sentence. There. So she's old enough to make a decision about being married, but, but she's not old enough to uh, to protest the age at which people get married. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? It's it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting little double standard, and it's an interesting little uh, you know. Of course, we're asking the legislature to repeal a law that's been on the books for over a century that's been working without difficulty. Okay. So we're going to go back to our old uh, our old game from our early days. Name that logical fallacy. Uh, appeal to antiquity. Oh yes, dumbass can can name that logical fallacy in three notes or less. Yeah, that's. that's... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, but wait a second. Is that a fallacy? I mean, yes, it in, is. In this case, I see what you're. I see what you're going with that. But I mean, let let's. I mean, we can we can. Make that we we can make that fallacy with our video games that we're going to have later. That hey, listen, you know the sales for video games are going fine. Why would we want to legislate it? Everything's working out great. Yeah, well, it's still logical fallacy there. There, even if even if we don't feel like we need to legislate video games, that particular reason is not the reason we that we that we would go by. You know, but my problem with that is that we refine laws all the time, right? Oh, so uh, the the ending of the story is that that minor doing a Girl Scout project, you know, she uh, she gave up and uh, and got married like a girl is supposed to. Well, okay, but that's not the argument that I found uh, most appalling. But that's not what happened. That's not quite how that played out. No, what she did was she ran for a seat in the house in the state. She won and uh, is now working to raise the minimum age to eighteen. Okay. Okay. But is it is the is the Louisiana one where they where they um it was a uh, oh, there's a great thing in here that basically they didn't want they didn't want to raise the the age too high because then. You know, if a girl got pregnant, that uh, the the child would be born out of wedlock. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm I'm going to make the point that a child may have been conceived out of wedlock, so that's not. Let's see. If both if they're both 16 years of age and they both can 
uh, consent to sexual relations and they're about to have a baby, why would we want them? Why wouldn't we want them to be married? Said Representative Nancy uh, Landry, a Republican that said at the time. Once again, it's a it's another thing that can be solved by uh, uh, marriage shouldn't be a thing that uh, the state has any control over. It's just like yeah, have a marriage ceremony. You didn't even need that in the old days. You could just pronounce yourself as married. If so, so if, so uh, wait if a, a young teenage couple wants to be the parents of a baby. They can announce that they're that uh, they're married, taking care of this kid. So hold on, hold on a minute. Uh, is is this representative you're talking about here? Are they saying that abstinence education isn't working? Uh, they could be because if abstinence ed- abstinence education was working, then there wouldn't be uh, an unmarried an unmarried teenage mother. Hold on, uh, are you suggesting there's a possibility that abstinence only education isn't working? Because <laughs> I don't see any way that that could go wrong. <laughs> Of course not. Let's see. Kathleen uh, Benfield, a a, legis- a what, legislative director for the Louisiana Family uh, Forums, an influencer, um, an influential conservative nonprofit in the state, said that the organization would cons- was concerned about forcing uh, teen mothers to get to give birth out of wedlock if they weren't uh, see if they hadn't reached the age of eighteen. I mean. This idea that there's some magic that happens when when, well, when people get wedlock married. actually uh, wedlock actually makes the uh, the labor go a lot easier. Oh, does it? Yeah, yeah, because the husband's there because there's a husband there to say breathe. You you're not confi- you're not confusing wedlock with astroglide, are you? No. Oh, okay. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, see, we would be opposed to any uh, exploration. We see a bit of young well, I, girls. I, I, like I'd ask them too. Like, why do you need a uh, the state oh, to okay. validate whatever marriage you come up with? If like the father and mother of the child want to raise the child as its parents, you can have a ceremony in the church and uh, call them uh, married, and it doesn't matter what the government. Well, that's you know, true. It, For it, that it, matter, yeah. if they're if they're living together and call each other husband and wife for a certain period of time, they're common law married. Okay, so we would be opposed to, to any explo- uh, exploitation of young girls by older men. Um, that's the bottom line, Benefield said. But we, we just want to make sure that the value of marriage as a cherished institution was supported. Oh, for fuck's sake. I don't care about the, your cherished inter- name that, institution. Name that logical fallacy. Uh... Well, it's appeal to antiquity uh, again, right? Still appeal to antiquity. Yep. (laughs) But uh, next time we do it, I'm going to have to ask for Jeopardy rules. So you'll need to phrase it as a question. Uh, Uh, What is appeal to antiquity, Alex? What is my foot up your ass? (laughs) Uh, But there was a compromise made that uh, basically that uh, there's a review board in one of these states and you know, as long as the kids are within three years of age, you know, it, it can, you know, they can look at it. But here's the one that killed me um, because it because uh, the, I, I we didn't talk about this last, but it, but it was in my research. Um, we have uh, see, we have less luck in legislating who who said, I don't care. I don't care. See, I don't care. I don't care. A girl said a girl gets pregnant. She got she uh, she's got to get married. I, my reading is terrible on this, and I, I don't think it's. Um, but basically, let's see. She added, or 
the one who is looking at me said, uh, I've had this in multiple states. Oh, God. I can't read this. Mac, you should, you should try to see if you can get this. Okay. I've had this in multiple states. Well, Joseph married Mary when she was eight. If it was good enough for God, why wouldn't it be good enough okay. for us? Number one, we, we don't know that. The Bible does not give their ages. Right, she was a young she was a young woman, but that's all that it says. It does not give an age of eight. So, so I so people have tried to make that claim, um, particularly Muslims when when they're when they're trying to defend uh, Muhammad's practice of marrying a nine year old. So, but there actually is no evidence of we we don't know how old Mary was. Is the bottom line? It just doesn't say. Right. right. So, so they so they've given it they've given Mary an age for their argument, but we we actually don't know that we we don't know that she even existed. And they gave whatever. her an age that kind of invalidates the whole thirteen and fourteen year old question. Well, the Muslims, yeah. Eight. I mean, when, when it, Muslims argue, but of course, arguing. you know, uh, but of course, you know, when she was eight, Mary was considered middle aged at that time. Oh so. God, not this again. <laughs> Jesus. Oh yes, because I mean, oh, eight right. year olds are generally capable of having babies, though. So probably not eight years old if we're to take the story seriously. Even, even, even now, I, I think that. I mean, listen, girls are not actually hitting puberty at the age of six. That that's not a thing. Um, right. But it is. It has gotten earlier. And they don't actually know why. But probably to do with uh, hormones and food. Nope, it doesn't. I. I looked. I was looking at the research, and they 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 they've eliminated that as being a main culprit. So no, okay. that's not. Yeah, that was that research that done by the American Beef Council? Possible. The American who? American Beef Council. I don't. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. If it was, I'll have to disregard it. Um, but no, I don't think it was. They, they look at a whole bunch of factors. I didn't put that in here for this episode because um, I didn't know I needed it. But but I but I do have some articles on on that research. But we're still talking. 10 and 11 as opposed to 12 and 13 right it, it it they and it's not every girl right it there there's a few outliers that are that are hitting these early puberty ages it's still not yeah like it's a majority. always it's always outliers right just disc just discount the outliers and and you yeah. got you know ages of 13 14 i don't, I don't right? think we really have uh have to worry that much about uh uh kids that young getting pregnant. i mean i suppose something weird does happen every once in a while but yeah, it, it, that, not sure that. Well, most girls are not menstruating at the age of eight. They they start right, exactly. menstruating at the at the but, end uh, of puberty. You know, I noted that I noted also in the article that they they want to make sure that they protect the uh, protect the rights of soldiers to marry their child bride before before heading off to war. Yeah, I saw that shit too. <laughs> I, I I I sound like I, an I, old fuddy duddy, but I mean, people can wait to get married. You can wait till you can if. If you think that this is the person you want to be with for the rest of your life, waiting until you're 18 is is actually probably okay, right? Wait till you at least you know graduate. They, they bring up the idea of uh, wedlock too, like um, uh, th- and there's still that shame in certain parts of the country about uh, the whole wedlock thing. If you if you have a baby and you're not married right. to your husband, officially, well, that, I mean, and, and yeah. it's like, uh, what, why do you care about what what some government official certificate says even? Nothing magic happens when you get married. Nothing. A child right. born well, out of now, wedlock now, is the same. But, like, but make, making especially the woman feel like she's a piece of shit for that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. in, in certain places, it's one of those just, uh, well, you know, one, making, one of those things that's sick with the society. Making women feel like a piece of shit is what uh, is what what the uh, 
what the church is based on, though. So <laughs> it's what is good at, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the main point of the church. You know, play to your strengths. <laughs> you know, I want to go back to the self-driving car things for a moment and uh, relate it to this. Um, you know, if we've got teenagers having sex in self-driving cars, it is potentially possible that they could get married or they could get uh, pregnant outside the bonds of gridlock. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's move on to something. I, I had to I had to take a trip for that one, but I drove myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dumbass, are you ready? Okay. Do video games and mental illness cause mass shootings? Here's the right. sign. So um yeah, this uh has led into a lot of other different research. I uh basically posted this article here because I was interested um in uh the um the whole idea of mental illness and uh, how that affects uh school shooters um because uh the uh mental health professionals are saying that mental illness really isn't a factor in these things but at the same time you know somebody who's driven to a place where their mind thinks that this is a good solution to their problem isn't exactly mentally well either so I find found it interesting to uh, understand what exactly we mean by mental illness and what that has to do with video games. But you know, also talking about what I mean, what that has to do with school shootings. But also talk talks about video games and stuff. So we've had a big look into things about that. So this is a, this has become an issue here because the shootings that we're having, and they're not just school shootings; they're mass shootings in general. Yeah, are happening. Right. Are, are being we're hearing about them. When they happen, because and, of the, the and, the, and what got me interested in uh, the mental illness part here, like uh, a recent quote by Donald Trump said, "Mental illness and hatred pull the trigger, not the gun." Right, um, but it is a person that with a gun that they did it. We, they're they they're saying they're trying to blame mental illness. They're trying to blame video games for the violence, mm -hmm. it, it, because they're trying to avoid having a conversation about guns. You know, I think if we had self-firing guns, I think we'd probably have a reduction in uh, mass shootings. <laughs> yeah. uh, those would be uh, CAFs, conduct conducted, connected in autonomous firearms. So, I like, see. you point it at things and see if the gun decides Let when the to, gun to decide. shoot it. <laughs> Why, if it's a self, if it's a self, if it's a, you know, if it's an autonomous gun, it points itself. Oh, okay. And this is going to lower shootings? I'm sure it would. I mean, what about when Skynet takes over? Well, you know, that's that's Skynet. You know that that was made by Cyberdimes Corporation, the same people who made Ash from the movie Aliens. Yeah. Yeah, Cyberdyne, Cyberdyne Systems and Cyberdyne Systems Corporation. Yeah. So we know they're up to no so, good. So I'm guessing that their I'm guessing that their stock should be pretty low at this point. <laughs> you would think they, they they've caused a lot of problems. You would think, but you know, so I have a I have a perspective on this whole video games cause mass shootings, and I think there's something to it because you know when I was uh, you know back in the 80s when I was in high school and we were playing D and D. Um, you know, that was a sign of mental illness, and we were all going to go out and kill a bunch of people, too. And, uh, you know, I did. <laughs> I think, I actually think that video games probably provide a release and may actually reduce the likelihood somebody's going to become a master. That's my personal opinion. I think the data, okay. I think the data mildly supports you on, on, on that. But here's the thing. 
so I, is it is it this um is it this article that that ends with it's easy to get a gun but it's hard to get mental health insurance let's see uh i'm not sure let's see mental illness yeah actually not- it does say it, it, it is that article but you know i i i guess the point that i'm trying to make about dnd and whatnot is that whatever whatever is the current excuse people will point a finger at that current excuse and that's the reason why that's the reason why people are getting shot so it's going to be dnd or it's going to be you know pornography or it's going to be violent video games or it's going to be texting sure or, you know exactly whatever it's, it's whatever it's whatever, whatever those crazy is. kids are doing right. these days that adults don't understand yeah that's the reason for the mass shooting well and here's the thing is that they can't do this for much longer because i mean everybody everybody pretty much is growing up now it's like 75 percent of of uh of adolescents and and probably even you know people under the age of 30 maybe even under the age of 40 play video games yeah and so now so now they're now they're doing the research now they're the ones taking over and so it's going to have to move to something else right what what's what's the next is it is it is it going to be social media it's going to be you know it has to move and i thought the video game connection was already dead but i think well somebody like whole, it should up. be dead yeah yeah, it was I already think, uh, it was already dismissed, and of course somebody woke it back up because they discovered that was science, and of course science isn't to be trusted. But a seventy-year-old mental, uh, you know, ment- mentally ill man brought it up. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. you know, I think that I think that in terms of in terms of understanding, I think Trump is in a much better position to understand mental illness than ninety percent of the population. <laughs> Since he's, since he's, I think he has that inside view that uh, that really gives him really gives him an understanding. You know, I know you're joking, but I think (laughs) I think we could say that a hundred percent of people need mental health um, coverage at some point in their life. Either going going through depression, they might need it. They might not be clinically depressed, but still, you you still. You know, can be depressed and need help, right? And of yeah. course, there's clinical depression. There's and there's all there's all sorts of other other things that you know people need mental help. In fact, I think everybody would be better if they had if they had some somebody that's you know a therapist to talk to. Right? I mean, I, I we're just not we we see it as a weakness in our culture when really some yeah, it's, going it's still very stigmatized. Yeah, it is very much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean, uh, I'm sure some of these people who uh, who have felt the need to lash out in this way uh, could have probably benefited from mental help, but that doesn't not mean they were mentally ill. Right, it's not exactly yeah. the same thing. Um, they list some of the the factors in a mass shooter, such as a strong sense of resentment, desire for infamy, infamy, desire to copycat other shooters. There's also like um, narcissism. Um, these are these are things that uh, they're they're not mental illnesses, but they're factors in a person that can lead to them feeling like this is the thing that they need to do. Yeah, you know, it... and and then like there's a quote from uh, Jeffrey Swanson, professor in psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Duke University School of Medicine, says uh, the fact that, that somebody would go and massacre a bunch of strangers. That's not the act of a healthy mind, but that doesn't mean they have mental illness. Mental illness is, uh, and now I'm going on to like, uh, that, that's the end of the quote there, but uh, I, I'm just going, uh, moving on from that. Mental illness is something where like, basically 
uh, usually involves um, like uh, things like hallucinations and uh, some sort of uh, really scary in- internal stuff that goes on that usually doesn't need to lead to this kind of violence. Um, one of the things here that in this article that it says, when politicians like Donald Trump perpetuate this narrative, to me it is uh, the height of irresponsibility because it perpetuates a falsehood. And that's true. That they, they keep they keep going back and trying to beat this horse, even though I mean, like you like you said, you thought the link was dead because everybody who's who's tried to make this association has failed because there just isn't a you know, there just isn't it isn't there. Right. Um, and yeah, I should I should uh, say that um, most mental health issues don't even have to do with hallucinations or anything. A lot of them is just like clinical depression and things like that. Yeah. Where um, I I know that everybody here has suffered from everybody here has suffered from depression. Absolutely. I I have. You have. Um, I mean, I suffered from depression from life events, not really clinical depression. Well, but that's what yeah. we're saying. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be clinical depression. Yeah. No. It could be li- from a life event. I, I suffer from depression. I also suffer from anxiety and intrusive thoughts. You know, it, it reminds me, the Sandy Hook shooter w- w- played video games. Do you know what video game he played? What? Uh, wait, if I remember correctly, it was Mist, right? Dance Dance Revolution. Oh, oh that's God. Yes, yes, well, no wonder that. he killed a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, I guess what I want to see now is I want to see some uh, some mass... Uh, some mass violence by Minecraft players, <laughs> you know, well, they're, they're going to have to like do it with really blocky weapons. Well, yeah. And you know, I, they're going to build some amazing things too. Um, I, I wonder to myself, <clears throat> you know, it note it notes in there or her dumbass mentioned at least that narcissism is a big factor in the, uh, in, uh, the mind of a mass shooter narcissism and a need for notoriety and i wonder to myself if the fact that our president has such a narcissistic bent and has such a need for personal notoriety and personal acclaim i wonder if that is a factor in the increase in mass shootings in the last couple three years i i don't i i wouldn't even I wouldn't even want to go to try and make that connection. Here's the thing. I would. <laughs> okay. Fair. Fair enough. <laughs> I did. You did. Um. I. I. Here. This is. This is a. Um. Not understanding video games is a bipartisan problem. Mm. Hillary oh, Clinton. Oh, hold on a second. Oh. guys. There is a guy in a suit outside my window. Uh, he's shaking his finger at me. Is he Secret Service? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I made that up. Um, it's, 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 and that wasn't his finger he was shaking at you. <laughs> oh, not the index <laughs> finger. Uh, it, it's bipartisan, right? I, I can't, I couldn't find it, but I'm pretty sure that, uh, George Bush senior, uh, commissioned a study. I thought, I thought that Reagan had commissioned a study. Um, they both did. And their studies didn't turn out to show what they wanted them to show. No. And, uh, Hillary Clinton came up and basically you know, and, and hated on video games. Uh, I actually, I put her press conference in here where she talked about the Family Entertainment Protection Act, which didn't make it out of committee. Um, so she part of the, I think that's part of the reason that, uh, I mean, like not that in particular, but it's part of the evidence to show how, uh, how the younger generation finds her so out of touch. Yeah. Um, I, I, I got an, I have another one in here. And the, the next link that I have in here, 
Are we are we done with that other article? Was there anything we wanted to hit on that before we moved on? Um, yeah, I have a few more things that I've written down in my Please notes do. where we're talking more about video games and stuff. But you're still uh, no, go ahead. Yeah, you're moving on to the same topic, so uh, just yeah. some, some some books I read. Uh, uh, I can just insert uh, these notes in any time. Okay, so the the but. article I wanted to move on to was video game aggression linked to uh, linked to frustration, not violent content, and. Okay. This one in particular, because I think that uh, they talk about the book that I read, uh, Moral Combat. Um, yeah, I read that too. Yeah, and which which is it's pretty good. It's the most recent book, and they they dive into it, and they had an agenda. Okay, here's the thing: the book had an agenda. They they were video game players that that wanted to demonstrate that their research showed, you know. And but I think that they did. I I don't know. I, I the the book in some places was. Definitely a little skewed, but the bottom line is the research doesn't support a connection between violence and video games. Um, they 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 take on the research where they 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 really um, because it's it's kind of skewed that they you know they did they um, some of the research they did was with you know was it shocking people did they do that did they do that one again? Um, uh, they 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 had the, they had them hold their hand on paint in a bowl of painfully cold water for 25 seconds. They were led to believe that the length of time was determined why by a primer, prior participant, but all participants were assigned the same duration. Okay. That's in this article. Oh, yeah. Cool. And then okay. it said next participants were randomly asked to either play a simple or challenging version of Tetris, after which they were asked to assign the amount of time for a future participant. Uh, players who experienced the difficult Tetris game assigned on average 10 seconds more of chilled water pain to subsequent players than those who played the easy version. So basically they gave them the premise that, Oh, somebody set this up for you. Um, and now you get to play either a, you get to play a game. And when you feel what you feel at the end of the game will determine how long you get to you, the next person holds their hand in the water. So if they got frustrated playing the game, then they got they got pissy with the next person. Sure, but what they've showed is that that's not the same as going and getting a gun. And they've also showed that that it's it, it's it's a very quick thing, right? It's not. Or Aggre- and aggression and violence aren't exactly the same thing either. Nope, they're not. No, and that's the other problem with the research. Well, and one of the, but, uh, the point saying the point that nonviolent games like Tetris or Candy Crush can leave players as frustrated as as violent games right so those weren't violent those aren't considered violent video games but but it's the frustration level had the same effect no matter what yeah well, you know tetris is as violent in minecraft if you're the block <laughs> so yeah i've got uh, i've got this book that uh, i'm using for some some of the stuff i read it a few years ago uh and i just dug it out and i reread a few sections of it um called grand theft childhood uh, the Surprising Truth About Violent Video Games by Lauren Kuttner, Ph.D., and Cheryl K. Olson, SCD, um, about some studies that they d- did. And um, I think to break it down pretty simply, they kind of found that most children are fine with it, but like a, it's basically the uh, abnormal uses that you have to look out for when there are problems, like people uh, who like use uh, violent video games like way uh, out of the norm of other children might. Uh, need to be looked at. Sure. Well, I mean, children can have issues with aggression. I mean, that's just uh, mm-hmm. it, I did. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the question of like uh, two of like what's the cause and effect. It, you know, uh, it seems equally plausible that uh, like 
children who are like incredibly violent by you know wh- whatever made them to to be so violent um are drawn to more violent video games too sure um i i think that the article i was actually thinking of that was written by the same guys that did moral combat is uh rage violent video games and the grand theft fallacy which basically i think that they're calling the grand theft fallacy anytime that somebody does something violent and blames it on a video game uh, is is mm. simply uh, what they're calling a fallacy. Uh, they, and then here they they talk about how Hillary Clinton compared video games to being as uh, as basically as dangerous as uh, tobacco. Yeah, comparison to lung cancer. Yeah, and actually, uh, uh, Grand Theft Childhood has some a pretty good rebuttal to that. Okay. Um, I've actually got the page listed here, so let me just uh, open that up. So yeah, like this is in point form, uh, but anyway, lung cancer was a rare disease before cigarette smoking became common. Lung cancer rates increase as smoking rates go up, um, which is not a something that we see with uh, video games. Uh, there is a well understood physiological mechanism for how cigarette smoke triggers cancer, uh, unlike anything suggested for uh, media violence. Uh, there's a dose resp- response relationship between smoking and lung cancer, uh, which we don't see with uh, exposure to m- media and video game violence. Lung cancer is clearly is a clearly defined set of diseases with methods on diagnosing it and stuff that uh, isn't the case for any kind of violent tendencies from uh, video games. And of course, uh, the re- the relationship of smoking to lung cancer. Research has uh, shown that it's a one-way street with clear direction of causality. And there are a few more here. I guess I won't uh, take up much more time going over that. But yeah, a lot of reasons to think that uh, smoking and linked to smoking and lung cancer is not nothing like video games and violence. No, I don't. I, I would tend to agree. In the you know, she did that just to make a statement. And I don't. I don't know. You know, it's one of those things that uh, you like to ask them why they did this. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing as as. You know, like like equating, it'd be the same kind of thing as if you were equating, um, if you equated violent video games to slavery, you'd get a similar reaction, basically. And it, it would make as much sense. Now, that's interesting because, yeah, um, when you start to look at, so it's not just, it's not just aggression that they, that they try, try to tie to, uh, violent video games. They also try to, to, they, you know, like, uh. One of the ones is a new study um, finds no link between gaming and sexism or sexist attitudes. So like that, they, you know, they've tried to, uh, you know, basically equate the idea, you know, that you uh, women being devalued in these, uh, giving, you know, people that idea as well. They couldn't make that link. Um, that's specifically when they were talking about the, uh, the Supreme Court basically ruled that video games were art. And uh-huh. that that's when they said, oh, the video, you know, the the Supreme Court is, I probably, should actually probably look at the article. Um, I've got so much stuff in here. You know, we, 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 we gave ourselves a couple extra weeks and we're still not prepared. Yeah, well, the problem yep. is it's, there's too much. <laughs> there's just too much. And, and trying to decide what to focus on is, is kind of difficult because it's a rat hole. Mm. Of course. It's, it's, a, it's a huge, it's a huge, huge rabbit hole with yeah. a, you know. With I, I, I did have a point that I wanted to make on the uh, the video games and real life aggression. The whole thing about playing a frustrating video game gives you aggression in real life, not necessarily violence, but aggression. 
So I have a response for that. I have an answer to that question. I do find that when I when I find a video game frustrating, I do feel that there is some level of aggression that rises in me. And you know what I do about that? Play more video games. No, oh. I don't play that video game. <laughs> sure. Because I play video games for entertainment, not for frustration. <laughs> I admit that that <laughs> limits me to, you know, Minecraft and Microsoft Microsoft casual games like Solitaire and, and Jigsaw and things like that. And you probably still I, rage quit those. No. Rage um, quit. <laughs> I, if I find a puzzle that I can't solve, I turn it off and I go back to it the next day. Sure. <laughs> but I find what I do find that's incredibly frustrating to me personally is um, those, those mass games where you start off and you're building all your stuff up and then suddenly you're introduced to other players and they basically go in and destroy all the stuff you built up. Uh, are you talking about, uh, was it Star Trek um, or Star Wars uh, New Republic? What was the game that we used to play? There's, there's so <laughs> many of them. There's so many of them out there. So I just, I simply, when I see that a game has that kind of component, I just don't play it because I don't enjoy it. Sure. Oh, but we had a good time. Battlefield, Star Trek, um, Star Wars mm. Battlefield. Okay. We had a good yep. time playing that. So, well, we played yeah, a cooperative uh, Another thing from in here, apparently there was like a Surgeon General's report on youth violence in 2001 that stated that uh, most violent adolescents were not notably violent as children, and most violent children do not become violent as adolescents, which kind of cast doubt on the notion that uh, you can like test children for violence tendencies uh, at any one point of time, and that will say anything about what happens to them as they grow up. So the compromise is to put ratings on these, right? So they, they can't, you know, uh, the Supreme Court, actually the Supreme Court was um, responding to a, a California law that was trying to make it so that if people violated the ESRB, they, that they could be fined. They weren't going to impose heavy fines like one to one to $5,000 for, for selling uh, if a game was rated mature, if you sold it to a minor, or sold, um, that they could they could fine you. So the ESRB is the uh, is the Entertainment Software Rating Board, and much like like any board for rating a movie, and in that it is subjective. Now they do impose fines to to merchants who violate um, who violate the ESRB, basically. You have to send them your content, and they rate it. And if you, but if you didn't send them the, you know, the the proper, the, like the most violent thing and stuff like that in your content, and they give it a rating that's lower than what should have been based on other content, they'll fine you. So I, and I don't know, does every, I don't know that every game has to have an ESRB rating on it, does it? Mac, do you know? I don't know, but I do know that uh, some of the games, for instance, that they rate as being for everybody, have some pretty grim and, and and violent content in them. They can. I think I think Angry Birds is rated everyone, right? <laughs> Shit. Yes, it is. I don't know that okay. it has a rating. That's a good question. Does it have a rating? Does it have an so, SRB rating? Angry Birds involves birds using their own offspring and their own bodies as weapons against pigs. <sighs> So basically, bodies, uh, basically, do, do generally make a distinction between cartoonish 
level violence uh, as opposed to like realistic violence. Yeah, but you know, essentially saying that you've got birds that are acting as suicide bombers, that doesn't seem like a good game to me. <laughs> or am I uh, misunderstanding the well, you the might, purpose of the game? I think that I think that you're making my point for me in that in that these things are highly subjective. <laughs> yeah. Um so but I, I mean, think- Pokemon trainers generally take animals from the wild and train them to getting cage matches with other animals. That's true. Yes. Yeah. So they're the you know so Pokemon is just cockfighting and uh, virtual cockfighting. Although that was actually outlawed in Detective Pikachu. That okay. I did not know that. Oh yep. man, it's Mad Cat. <laughs> Would you just step in for the ending? Apparently. I- <laughs> um. But yeah. So. So the ESRB is rates the video games, and when you look at them, you know they they'll say mature, and then they'll say the different you know different the reason that it got the rating, which is oftentimes you know better than the other rating systems, I think. But once again, yeah. it's highly subjective, and I don't know if it's voluntary or not. But overall, I I don't know how much good it actually does. Well, and you know, I I yeah, would say that it does the same kind of good that a rating on a movie on a movie does where you would keep children, not necessarily from being, from becoming violent, but being exposed to imagery. That's not very pleasant. All that ended up doing is force my mom to see some movies. She never wanted to see. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, that's, that's the, that's an unexpected benefit. (laughs) So what, what they suggested in moral combat was that play the game with the kid and, and, and see, and see what it's about. That the rating is the rating is only only going to be so good. Actually, playing it playing the game with your kid is actually going to be more effective in telling you what the game is about. Or or go or go just play. Actually, I don't know if you guys went through this, but you can actually just go on YouTube or other uh, video uh, sites like uh, Brain Gun. Anyway, you can go on YouTube and search out a game, and you can actually watch someone else playing the game. Yeah, sure. but yeah, the yeah. benefit of the benefit of playing the game with your kid is that, you know, you can actually talk with your kid about the game and you can, you can, it's it's an opportunity to interact together. And also if you find out that, that the kid can kick your ass at that game, that's a really good reason to ban them from playing it. (laughs) That is very true. However, I'm saying for a, before you even buy the game, Take a look and see what exactly it is, and see if the child you can, want, but, but will want to use it, and then buy it for yourself. So there are a lot of good ways that people can do this without the ESRB, and that the ESRB ratings may or may not tell you what you actually need to know. I imagine and, the way it works is it. that uh, unless it's backed by law, that uh, the ESRB ratings, like the mm. the stores, probably won't sell your video games without your ESRB ratings. But if you want to like sell your game online. Um, there's, uh, no, I don't think there are any barriers to that. So, um, I don't know because if you're selling not. it online, where are you selling it? There, there, here's the things that uh, it's on your not, own website. it's really, it's not enforceable. And, and one of the reasons is because the Supreme court blocked California from doing exactly what you're talking about. So uh, basically the ERS, ESRB is basically the comics code authority for video games. You got it, sir. Pretty it's much. the same. It's the same as parental advisory on on uh, on the lyrics. Uh, you know, on your on the music label, right? Same thing. 
It's in it actually, but that's probably the biggest failure of all of them. I don't maybe the comic code is as big a failure, but but that that one is a well. The comics code was a was a huge success for a very long time. Okay, it's just that when people started finding out that they didn't have to, you know, when 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 publishers stopped putting the comics code on things, first it was a novelty, and then it uh, that it turned out to be. You know, it turned out to be everybody was going to do that. So that's why the Comics Code Authority disappeared and you don't see it anymore. Well, the ESRB yes. is not going to go anywhere because if you have an M rating on your video game, it will sell more. So it's so it is yeah. it is good for advertising. But well, I, what, what, you know, what, I think I think the uh, the graphic language uh, warning on uh, CDs or whatever probably is successful if you count success of what you're trying to do is you know, tell children where the best stuff is. Right. It's, uh, it, it is good for advertising and it sells more, but it's voluntary, so it doesn't have to be on there. So the people that do decide to do that, they do that because they know it's going to bring sales to, to their particular, you know, to what they're trying to sell. So the Supreme Court um, in ruling number 08-1448 uh, uh, disallowed... Uh, California from doing it from doing exactly what you're talking about and this is the one time when all of us probably agree with Justice Scalia maybe not the only time but he he, he wrote the majority opinion on here that was signed on to uh, that was signed in by signed on to by the court in 2011 um, the first thing that that the Supreme Court did is they they blocked the uh, the legislation from going into effect they, so they enjoined it I believe that's the what the wording for that. So basically, the you know it was supposed it was scheduled to go into effect, and because it it got bumped up to the Supreme Court, they they asked the Supreme Court to um, basically in I don't want to say enjoin, but they asked them to block the legislation from going into effect. Because what can actually happen is that if something's going to the Supreme Court and and they think that the Supreme Court is going to actually approve it, they might they might ask for that legislation to go into effect why the Supreme Court reviews it. In this case, they asked them to to block it from going into effect why the Supreme Court reviewed it to make sure that 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 you know nobody could try and you know do something um, um, with it until until the Supreme Court made their final decision. And then they finally mm-hmm. did make their final decision. And they basically said that that um, video games are would are considered artwork. So and they also the interesting thing that they also said is that basically they can't do this because California would also have to put the same kind of regulations on, on uh, card, you know, Sunday morning cartoons, and um, as it would on video games. So basically, because they were they were singling out this type of media, that was part of the problem because they weren't mm. being consistent. And so I, I also thought that that was kind of an interesting por- portion of the ruling. And I haven't read the whole thing because it it is. 92 pages and uh, only two judges dissented um, at the time. Let's see. Justice Breyer dissented. It's always interesting to see which judges signed on and which ones, uh, which ones didn't. Um, Let's see. So it was written by Scalia and it was signed on to by uh, Kennedy, Sotomayor, Kagan. uh, Let's see. And Roberts. And uh, let's see. See, Justice Thomas and Breyer dissented so it was a it was what 72 so anyway but yeah so it it basically they 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 kind of put an end to that to that being able to regulate like you were talking about dumbass 
um, at least in the states. A lot of it is self-regulation. So well, it all is, right? So I I put down here. Not all of it. I put on here another list of of things that were that are attempting to do the same kind of thing as the ESRB. Um, And the first one I had on here for you, Mac, is the comic book code. Yep. And then the parental advisory. And actually, I, I put a little bit more to talk about, you know, about that one. Um, that one I see is a huge failure. It's com- it's completely voluntary. And, you know, it, the stuff that happened with Two Live Crew, Two Live Crew is the one that finally put an end to that, you know, because they, they kept, you know, they, they pushed it. And they I think that they finally won. Um, yeah. Um, well, and, you know, if you want to talk parental advisory, explicit lyrics, um, go listen to some of the lyrics of, Jethro Tull's more ribald songs that you have to actually listen to the lyrics before you get it. Sure. And the other one I put on here was the D.A.R.E. program <laughs> in my list of, <laughs> uh, of, of failures yep. to dictate morality. So I want to point us way back years okay. ago, long before Mad Cat and Dumbass, to podcast number 11. Wow. <gasps> That's too long ago. No. One of the articles in there was ban Harry Potter or face more school shootings. Oh, wow. That's a good yeah. one. So well, it, it uh, just it just strengthens you know, the we, point we didn't about, ban Harry Potter, so I guess, you know, ergo. Well, now we have to ban Harry Potter because the spells are real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's always something in somebody's. I mean, Harry Potter's a funny one because it's magic. Yeah. I'm going to have to read up on some good money spells from them mm. then. Yeah. Well, didn't you guys hear about that, though, where the guy was uh, asking asking schools to burn the Harry Potter books because the magic in them is real? I think I saw that headline, but didn't read the article. Yeah. That's funny. So they were blaming school shootings on Harry Potter. Yep. How good is that? Just just like back in the past, people playing D&D were going to get violent and kill their kill their classmates. Yeah, I didn't I didn't um, but I was going to oh, put some also, of that in here as well. There was even a movie made about that called Mazes and Monsters. Really? Starred Tom Hanks. I didn't see. Well, there was also this one kid who not uh, Jumanji? went a little bit nuts and killed himself. So that did not help uh the D&D. You know, community. I actually mm-hmm. did a re- I did a research paper on that Mad Cat and it's a even, even even the law enforcement mm-hmm. even the law enforcement in the area said that there was that there was plenty of reasons why that kid killed himself that had nothing to do with the ND. Had a problem at home and all that other stuff. He had tons of problems at home. He had tons of problems in school. He just happened to play D. I figured yeah. that was, was probably the case. But they yeah, always I, they, I could actually the first thing they blame dig up D&D. that old research paper. I'm sure I've still got the paper. Cool. But I did a I did a research paper on it. I did a you know, I did a fair amount of research. I've been a dungeon master for several years now, and not once have any of my players brought in a roast sacrifice baby. Um, as I was expecting. I don't know. Well, what's that going was on just there. a cousin of yeah, ours. I'm sorry about that, man. That 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 is rough, isn't it? Yeah. Don't worry. That was just uh, our cousin. Makes, a, it makes you they, feel like they, they don't respect you. You'll get your know, burnt right? offerings someday. So the, 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 I, I, I believe that you, I believe that somebody will give you your burnt offerings. Yep. Oh, they I already tried. That, Brian. <laughs> our family has a person who did try to cook her baby. Oh, you were serious about that. <laughs> I am serious about oh, that. And were they playing D&D? Yes. I'm not sure I want to hear about my gene pool. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the bottom line. 
it, it, there are lots of people covering this right now, right? And and we can we can try to you know to to use laws to dictate people's morality, but a, a lot of times it's a failure, right? You, it's just yeah. it's it's being involved that's going to do the most. If you think that if you think that your your kids are playing violent video games and it's a problem, you need to be involved. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm pretty sure that that I'm pretty sure that what I was talking about earlier is Ian's policy in his house, which is that if he can't beat the kids at the video game, then he bans it. I suspect that uh, that Hayden can beat him at most video games at this point. I've got a I've got a good quote here that I have marked down uh, from uh, the book Grand Theft Childhood. It says, uh, "If we assume that any and all exposure to violent games is harmful." We end up treating the majority of preteens and teens as abnormal. We also view them as stupid, as not being able to figure things out on their own. Yeah. But on the <laughs> yeah. other hand, um, you know, you've got a lot of incredibly violent games out there where people try to emulate the actions. That is true. I think that that, uh, young Hitler played Risk. No, 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 no. It's not true. (laughs) It's not true. I can can uh, see how that game would drive somebody crazy uh, and cause them to take over a bunch of other countries. Ah, jeez. Hey, I mean, it's the same with TV with something like uh, Three Stooges. I know I got smacked in the head quite a bit of time with uh, <laughs> apples. So yeah, but you learned to put your 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 hand up in front between your eyes, so okay. nobody could you know, poke you in the fingers that, that you. That was the very top. difficult with my brother, mind you. <laughs> you know, I've hung around with uh, with the children of family friends and such, and uh, I know there have been a couple of times that I've been around with boys who've uh, been into wrestling and have been recently watching wrestling and uh they're doing the aggressive wrestling moves and stuff all over well that's um, one sure. of the reasons I, that they banned um oh what's it the ones with the five people with the different colored outfits and everything they uh, uh your power, power, rangers. power rangers yeah they banned that for a while because kids were quote getting violent yeah, yeah i mean like, a, a lot of this is, so, yeah, a lot of what they're talking about relies on just these like after effects people are like imitating their the people they're seeing on the yes. screen doing like big moves and stuff but there's no reason to expect that that will translate into any sort of pattern of violence and assault or anything like that listen people yeah. are not you guys know that uh you guys know that during one of the uh, one of the fantastic four cartoons on saturday morning they they removed johnny storm the human torch from the mm-hmm. cast because they thought that it would inspire kids to set themselves on fire. Well, we should ban we should ban Superman because so people because kids She-Hulk. will think they can fly. Super suit gotta fly, <laughs> right? Super suit gotta fly. You I just mean, get a super suit. Have there like the Human Torch has been around for a while? Have there been any incidents of children trying to imitate him setting themselves on fire? No, not that I. Uh, not that I've been around since the sixties. Yeah, actually, the Human Torch, uh, in, in more than one character, has been around since the uh, since the thirties or forties. And no, there was and a Human it, Torch prior to the Fantastic Four Human Torch, who was an android. And yeah. the, and nobody has gone and watched Superman and then jumped off a building thinking they could fly either. Uh, that one has been done. Oh yeah, well, dude, do tell. Did that. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, it hasn't been done. I mean, I'm sure somebody got high and thought he could do it. Well, okay, but but that asshole should have tried to take off from the ground first. 
grabbed it that way. That, that was All a right, Bill Hicks anyways. routine. That's a that's a, that's a Bill Hicks routine. Tell you when he's yeah. talking about drugs, is a you know guy <laughs> guys jumping off building things that could fly. They should have tried taking off from the ground first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Anyway, we ready to wrap it up here, we guys? Are, we we we've gone we've meandered all over the place. Hopefully, this is listenable. Uh, I think that I think I, I I don't know. I think we covered a bunch of good stuff and. But maybe not as thoroughly as we could. It's it's a big topic, and there's a lot out there. So, yeah, huge topic. Yeah, but video games are not causing mass shootings. That's the bottom line here. Say good night, everybody. No, it's causing people to play and be zombies. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Max. Yeah. The can. Oh, that's another one in the can. <laughs> <laughs> If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Kennold. Find more Peter's music at SoundCloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.